Well, hello and welcome to another night of Heart of Indie Radio on the Eddie and Emmy Show. And we have an amazing guest tonight. Rob Fiddeman from the UK has taken time to talk to me. I'm very honored because you are a busy man. Welcome to our show. Hi, thanks for having me on. Thank you. So can you tell our listeners a bit about yourself, where you're from and how you got involved in the music industry? Yes. Well, I was born in a city called Norwich, which was in Norfolk. But in my sort of early 20s, I moved to Manchester, uh, America for a little bit um, because I was singing. Actually, myself, I was singing and songwriting and I went out to the States for a little bit and then back to Spain. And then I came back to England around 2008. Um, I'd always had a love of collecting music memorabilia like autographs and posters and rare records and stuff like that and over the years I kind of amassed uh, too much stuff ranging from like Beatles posters and stones and all sort of different kind of paraphernalia film posters so I put a lot of it into an auction with the view of just getting rid of it and of course I sold nearly everything and then left the auction house with half as much as I as I sold um so I set up a website um, to start selling uh, music memorabilia. And at the time, I was just really getting get from reputable, well-known auction houses and from people that had had things signed in person or sort of given to them. Um, but I, 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 I realised very quickly that actually my era wasn't the 60s, which I was concentrating in. It was the 90s. You know, I didn't go to the, the cavern to see the Beatles, but I went to Networth to see Oasis. So I thought that really I should concentrate on Britpop, on selling Britpop memorabilia because nobody was doing That's hence why I've got the, the tag Britpop store. That was the website that I initially set up. Um, after a few months of, of trading online, I'd had a phone call out the blue from Alan McGee, which was uh, one of the founders of Creation Records, which championed and pioneered a lot of the bands in the in the 80s 90s um obviously well known for discovering oasis and he had the jesus and mary chain libertines wow. primal scream we could be here all night really right um, that's amazing <laughs> yeah so he asked me to sell some things that he didn't really want or um for his charity some gold discs and bits and pieces and then i got contacted by um, somebody that knew Bonehead from Oasis. I sold some stuff for him and then it just started. I was just getting contacted by lots of experts like Ocean Colour Scene, um, Oasis, um, Echo Belly, like loads of lo- loads of the old bands. I mean, there's so many bands, I can't really actually remember them on, on the spot. Um, a lot of the photographers, designers that were involved with them, um, managers as well, all kinds of different people. Um, one car was used in one of the pop videos for Ocean Colour Scene and one of the, the uh, saved it for his daughter to use to go to university, but she didn't want it. So, I, you know, I sell that. But I mean, I've met lots of um, interesting people from it. And then, of course, the television sort of um, got in touch for me to take part in like a few of these memorabilia shows um, over here in the UK, which was uh, Porn Stars UK and... Uh, British Treasures, American Gold, and Porn Stars. There's all these sort of pro, pro, porn and breakfast show, correct, right? Was, as well. Yeah. You're on the yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that was it. That well, that's then. Well, yeah. From that, um, I started getting then calls from regional BBC 
um, stations. So it could be like BBC Manchester or BBC Radio Stoke or BBC Birmingham, you know, all these kind of places, Liverpool, uh, asking me to talk about topical news stories or things that, you know, were, were happening um, in, in the music business or in the music showbiz kind of stuff. So I started talking on there and then um, I got invited to talk on BBC Breakfast, which was live in front of about 7 million people. They didn't tell me till afterwards. Um, and that was to talk <laughs> about... I know. Until afterwards, no. No, they said you were really good and we didn't want to tell you there were 7 million people watching. But it was really <laughs> weird because it's live TV and BBC Breakfast is quite a big thing. I mean, it does go out over quite a few different countries, I think. And they asked me, the topic was to talk about why 18 to 24-year-olds don't buy CDs. And they said that you'll be joined on the couch with Rowetta from the Happy Mondays. And I was like, <gasps> one and oh, Row, anyway. So right. I messaged it and she said, oh, she said, I knew it was you, she said. She said they said to be somebody from the Britpop world to be joining me. So um, <laughs> I did that. And then I kept going on my local radio station, BBC Radio Stoke, quite a lot. And then they offered me a three-part Britpop show, which was brilliant. It was called the Britpop Revolution. So I interviewed loads of people that, that, that I knew, like Nigel Clark from Dodgy. I got Steve Craddock from Ocean Colour Scene. Uh, Bass Fratelli, actually, because it was interesting for him to talk about from the Fratellis how... Uh, Britpop inspired him. Um, I got Sean Ryder on the show. Alan McGee came on. Actually, I ran out of shows, actually. I had so many guests, but I only had a three-part show. Um, then I did a book of Britpop and memorabilia uh, called Binding to Britpop. And, of course, all this was going on. All this was happening. And then my Instagram was just sort of growing and growing. And then um, I got contacted by a guy called Leon Harrison. And his dad is the drummer for Ocean Colour Scene. Uh, I don't know how big they are over in New Zealand, but they were that well, they still are quite massive in the UK um, uh, over here. And um, he said that he joined his son, that he joined this band, and would I manage them? And I said, well, I've, I've never managed a band before, but he was persistent. And I thought, well, they've got quite a lot of the Ocean Colour Scene fans, the Scooter fans, all the mods already. So I thought, well, I'll give it a go. Little did I know within like four and a half, five months that I'd be getting Alan McGee to sign them to his to his label. And uh, oh their goodness. single comes out um, early next year. I think it's February. It's called Proud. Um, so that's amazing. So you, we, you we, went we, from it, the progression yeah, of just like yeah, yeah. it fell into your lap. Collecting. I mean, that's yeah, that's just I mean, you couldn't wow. have gone to university for it. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, we were playing in places like the Nottingham Arts Club and. Highgate in London and then they did a festival where the farm Jesus Jones space twisted will some pretty big bang bands uh, played and we, we like headlined that 5,000 people and my Instagram I was getting lots and lots of messages from bands um, there's one over in Ireland that I went to see and Alan came out we flew out to look at them um, he's sort of in the middle of signing them at the moment so hopefully their single will be out next year year and then there's some young lads that are 18 they look great they play really like their own songs asked if i could help them and i thought you know what i think it's time for me to stand on my own two feet and just do my own label and then i'm like how am i going to afford to do this but actually as this was happening i was approached by um a music publisher in london that had a big um label himself actually in the 90s um, called Deconstruction and he put out a lot of the dance hits he put out about 64 dance hits like Robert Miles, Children, Snap he put out, published three albums for Kylie 
so he's you know quite well connected guy and um, he's asked if I'd like to you know set my own label up which they're going to help me with so with the view to now putting out the single for the band that I'm managing um that's so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, in the, I'm it, completely blown away. <laughs> I know. So 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 in the middle of managing Marquis Drive, I should didn't mention the name. Sorry, but that was um, the first band that I've sort of managed and looked after. Then I set up RF Music Management, um, and and it's not so much about getting bands gigs. It's looking at the analytical side and how we can get them onto Spotify playlists, get them out on social media, just me sort of like just you know putting the name out and, and getting them showcased and stuff like that so it wasn't something per se I sort of set up to do but I just when people ask me I just say yes all the time so and I think you have to you have to just grab the ball by the horns I mean it's like when people used to ring me up from the BBC to talk for a few minutes you know I, I used to spend hours researching and I go on in the morning at like some ghastly hour just to talk for a few minutes about like why Banana Rama were reforming or why did um why <laughs> why did Kurt Cobain's cardigan I was on BBC Scotland last week why did his cardigan go for 250,000 pounds and it was secondhand money bought it and I was spending like hours I mean most of the subjects I'm pretty okay with but you can't be knowledgeable on you know everything I mean they call me a music historian because I don't think they really know what what to call me but they they call <laughs> me to talk about this stuff and you know, and then I go on and they're like, oh, that was great. Would you go back on another time? Because I have to, you know, you can't, you know, you have to know what you're talking about. Absolutely. Wow. That, so you, you do you ever get burned out, me. Rob? Just with well, all yeah, apart from running? that, I own a pub as well, um, which I've been oh, working a bit later. I've, I'll be working at half past 10 tonight till about 12. I've just got a quick shift. And then I'm up at five in the morning to fly up to Dublin. So. Um, I mean, w- when the label starts, it's not going to be like I'm going to be sitting in a big chair with a cigar, you know, drinking <laughs> champagne all day, you know, with girls waiting on me and a Ferrari outside. My my office will be my iPhone, you know, and I'll just, right. you know, we're, I'm, I'm winging it. We all wing it. You know, we can all try and, you know, you know, pretend we're cool and we, we know this and we know that. You know, I've just got a passion for music. I'm getting lots of opportunities and I'm just going with it and I'm just trying hard and I'm trying so many things with like the memorabilia, the book that I did, managing bands, trying to start a label, do loads of different things and hopefully, you know, should take off. You've just got to have the faith to just like keep going mm-hmm. on and thinking, you know, things going to happen because I would never say no. I mean, I, I was driving down to a safari park last week with the family okay so i'm like an hour away from this safari park and the bbc ring me up and say right could you speak about kurt cobain um we'd like you on in about two hours i mean what can i say what can i say <laughs> well actually no i'm on a, i'm on a, like a motorway or freeway highway whatever that you know you right. call it you know, and it's, you know no it's not actually suitable i mean if i said that you know that they, they may not ring me back I don't know right. so I just go yeah. um, I'll tell you a funny story actually so I went out to Dublin a few months ago I was at Manchester airport waiting to get my flight and this is true this is it was about half seven in the morning uh, BBC Coventry and Warwickshire rang me up and they said would you talk about I think it was the 50th anniversary of Abbey Road it wasn't long ago and I said yeah, but I said, I'm in Dublin. I'll be there in about an hour. They went, yeah, yeah, that's fine. We're ringing this afternoon. 
right? In the morning when I woke up, I had another BBC station. And they oh wanted goodness. to talk about the same thing. but so they, so they changed and said, could you talk about iconic album covers? Which is really good because there's lots of things about Because basically they wanted to call it Everest because one of the sound engineers was smoking his cigarettes Everest all day. So they laughed and said, let's call the album Everest. But they didn't want to fly all that way out to the mountain to have the picture. So Paul just went, let's just call it Abbey Road. So there's oh like goodness. little facts like that I give people. And like wow. when he's crossing the road, he's wearing those shoes. People think it's like this biblical kind of moment or something. It was basically because the designer made Paul's shoes too short, too small. So he <laughs> took them off. So so I'd already done all this. So right. they said, well, I'll tell you what they said. Could you just talk about iconic album covers and then a little bit about that? And I went, yeah, when do you want me? And they're like, it was about, they rang me about, it was like 15 minutes. I'm not exaggerating before my flight and it was one of the airports where they just didn't stop talking because every plane was like delayed are you with me and I said <laughs> I said and they're not interested I'm sorry if anyone listens works in an airport but most of the time no one that is really ever interested to help me and I said and it sounds like you're showing off doesn't it I went I, I'm sorry but it's like I'm going to be talking on the BBC about five minutes and these people keep talking you know where do I and they went there's a baby changing toilet right so I went in there and I thought actually it's quite quiet so I, I so I, so I'm in so this, this is true so I'm in baby changing there's no babies in there let me point out <laughs> women or anything just legally so I'm in this baby nappy room diaper room whatever you call it on the BBC talking about iconic album covers and I think you're going to get this like you know come on he wants to go to the toilet you know but luckily thank god nobody knocked on the door I did this interview and afterwards, the producer came on and said, thank you so much. And I said, yeah, I was in the kid's toilet. And I thought, oh, my God. What? It didn't go out on air. That was just afterwards. But and I literally had to run to get on my plane. So, I mean, I, I do, I'm quite a stressful person. And I worry a lot about what people think and what I think and this, that, the other. And I go around in circles sometimes. But it's just I had to risk doing that interview somewhere because I didn't right. want to let them down. And that's just how bizarre my life can go or like Alan McGee would just ring up and say can your band play next Thursday in London and it's like okay I'll check it's just you just never you just never know right. or like a band member from a band from 20 years ago will probably hit a bad time and uh you know that they decide to sell their gold disc or some you know their contract or something bring some money in I mean it's not all the time but it's getting all the time different things are happening but i'm not making a lot of money out of it to be honest with you but you know and i don't think you really do in the music business until mm. something really happens but right. i'm having a really good time i'm meeting people that i can't believe that you know i meet and you know you get into situations where you're backstage with the, the happy mondays that was like quite bizarre um i could tell you a story but i probably better not but you know I, <laughs> in these sort of situations where you're thinking, do I really? Ha why am I here? This is like so mad, you know. So, I mean, how much on the TV? In a few years, but I'm doing a lot more on the radio. So that's probably telling you I've got more of a face for radio. Um, although I didn't have my beard then, so it might work better now. But I, I don't know. But, you, but um, what I, I love about you, what I love about you, Rob, is I mean, you're quite entertaining, but you're so humble and you're so down to earth. And I think that that's probably well, why people are well, able to connect with you in lots of ways. Well, it's it's really lovely. Well, well, Alan said, you know, he said, 
you know, you get these, you know, you get on with bands that, you know, that they really like you. And I went, oh, that's good. And he said, you know, he said the Happy Mondays like you. And he said, you know, they're quite, quite a difficult band really to go on with, you know. So, but I think, you know, there's, I mean, Sean Ryder came. She, Sean Ryder will come on about 10 minutes before the gig. He will turn up and he'll go straight away. And he came backstage and I thought, you know, I'm a fan at the end of the day. I've got to grab a picture with him. It's on my Instagram. I think I've got a picture of him. And, um, but most of the time, I, you know, people are stressed, you know, because when I was probably went on BBC Breakfast for Oetta, I was talking and talking and talking. She's like, Rob, can you shut up? She said, can you just wait till afterwards? Because she's really, she was a bit, you know, some pe- nerves affect people differently, don't they? You know, afterwards, mm. like we were talking and talking and talking. But so I know how to gauge it. Like when, I mean, I did set up a YouTube channel um, last year. I interviewed a few people like Echo Bally. Um, I interviewed well he was school friends with john lennon he introduced him to the beatles well to to, to to paul george and ringo um so he's like the closest you can really interview to the beatles so when brian epstein died uh, um tony bramwell took over as ceo of, of apple records he's very prevalent he's in a lot of the liverpool and the beatles kind of conventions and he's he's interviewed quite a lot and i managed to interview him i interviewed a few people I didn't really didn't really have time to do it, but all that kind of thing kind of helped. I think it just really it's just legitimising myself that I've, I've self published a book, and you know these pictures on Instagram. It's not so much oh look who I've met. It just it helps people understand that that you do actually know these people or meet mm. them or you know if yes. I've got a drum kit that belonged to a band and I've got a picture with the drummer and I'm at his house and then the next minute I'm out somewhere with him three months later you know it's just it's really kind of like a business card I mean mm. and I think in, yeah. Instagram just shows that you know if, if people say would would really do a show on the BBC I mean I know you can google it google images and find the, the, the you know the the, the posters for it whatever you want to call it the promotional stuff but I mean it's just the timeline of events isn't it where I think Facebook it's not it's not so great i mean i get some really crazy people messaging me on there um <laughs> and a lot of girls as well Do you know i was never that popular until i did this i i think though they think oh well we just you know we go with rob and then we're going to hang out with old gallagher you know that i think that's what people think you know they 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 they, they think that they're just going to have this wonderful time i mean they might have a crazy time but you know so it's just you do meet some interesting people but i'm now kind of very wary and i get to pick these people out you know that are just sort of after something yeah the, um, the, the wrong thing and I mean what what sort of advice do you have for um, singer-songwriters bands these days and in the current music climate I mean is there anything that you pass on even to your own bands that you manage that you'd like to share with our listeners well I mean there's there's, there's bands in the sort of like late 30s 40s like sort of like my age um, you know that, that you know they still want to try and be Oasis and they still try and look like Oasis and they still try and sound like Oasis are you with me I mean I know yes. Oasis yep. were a bit inspired by the Beatles and the Beatles were inspired by Elvis and Chuck Berry and people like that so that that will never finish but I think finding your own style is really important I mean I've there's a few local bands that I've been listening to their stuff and you can hear like Ian Brown in it or you can hear you know Noel Gallagher in it and then all of a sudden I'm just like look why don't you just try and sing it yourself in your own way and it made such a difference to the song um I think well you have to 
you have to be prepared to take a few knocks. I mean, you know, I know what it was like. You know, it's, you know, you send your CDs off and they probably ended up in a skip at the back of the record label, mm-hmm. you know. But, I mean, it is, yeah. it's easy now with social media, I mean, to, to get stuff to people, isn't it, to listen to. Right, um, that's but true. I think, I think... Um, You've got to just believe in what you're doing because if you don't, no one else will. You've got to be really strong on that. I, w- I wouldn't say arrogant because between arrogant and confidence, there is a, a fine line, isn't it? I mean, it, you know, lads that come up to me, I mean, they're so full of it, but they aren't even rock. They think they're rock stars and not even rock stars yet. You I mean that that turns me off? That does. I think you've got to get um, y- your songs together. Don't blast them all over Spotify because I'm now finding that when we are in a position to try and take a band and on um you know they've already put the songs up it are you with me it's nice to put like yeah, probably one okay. or two i mean if a band's got five six ten songs i mean if you're looking for a record deal the thing is they say well we've already heard that or a music publisher oh, you heard I, that. I mean i've got to put them on there don't get me wrong but you could make them in a private group where you just send them to selected people because you see this a band another band that I've worked with I suppose you know, you can't blame them they've put everything up you see um, but they can keep writing more things but it it can be a bit negative I've noticed with people in the mm. industry that because it's already been up there uh, which I'd never right. really thought no I hadn't thought um, about that either really good point is as well if you're in a band if you're young lads in a band or girls or lads and girls um you have to decide early on, okay? Now, I know people say, well, we're not bothered about the money and we're not bothered about this, that, the other, but I have seen this change when there is some success around the corner or they're going to get a hit record because what will happen is, well, actually, I wrote that verse. Well, I wrote that chorus. Actually, actually it was my drums. Oh, the next minute, there's absolute chaos. With Chris Martin, he does a split evenly with the whole band. now. I don't know how Noel Gallagher would feel with splitting most of his money with, with a drummer. I, I, I don't think that would happen at all. So what they have is a split sheet where you decide, you know, each song, it's not all the songs, each song, you know, whose percentage of what, who put what input into this to that. Are you with me? Yes, yes. Uh, uh, and then you can have a band agreement. I think you need to get things like that out of the way with a really good social media. Just keep putting stuff up. It doesn't matter. Pictures up, pictures of you in the dressing room. You know, the amount of people that don't get somebody to go backstage and film a band is, has amazed me. My uh, uh, Marcus Drive played at the Cavern Club and I went backstage in Liverpool and filmed it. And that got us so much attention when I went Facebook Live. I think social media is a big thing. Um, obviously, just trying to get your own style and, and sort of keep. Um, I don't know, really. I mean, if I had all the advice, I'd be doing it myself, wouldn't I? I can only now see on what I'm picking. What I'm picking. Do you know what I mean, though? What I'm picking yeah. up on. I mean, I yeah, just it's amazing. It's just, I'm I'm learning lots just just listening to you. This is fantastic. Well, I mean, the thing is, I I didn't. I mean, like McGee said to me, he said I used to introduce you to, as the memorabilia guy. He says you're now killing it. You're a mini McGee. You're now killing it with bands. The thing is, I'm finding bands and I'm getting them signed, but. You know, I'm not financially making money on it. And I know people can say, well, it's not about the money. Well, it, it isn't about the money. But when you've got another business and a family and you're running around all day and you, you're doing everything, you have to, you know, I mean, I, I don't want to take a, a manager band and say, right, I'm going to take all this 
I mean, I'm in the view of saying, well, look, let's just get going first. And when it happens, we'll look at it. You know, we have some agreement yes. in place then. But it's it's got to the point where now I, I really found a little band. They're really cool. They're called Jupiter's Beard. Um, they're, they're only young lads. They look great. Um, they've got some songs up on Spotify. Um, they've got a lot of interest in London. And uh, at the moment, I'm getting them a publishing deal, um, a distribution deal. Uh, a merchandise deal um i'm going to be wow. signing them um on on the new label um hopefully when it all comes out um so that you know that but that will be a venture for myself that i'll be doing be, be pursuing and see how i get on on my own right that's awesome so and wh- what will the label be called do you know well at the moment i like deadly records we, we we all like this one because we wanted to think that we'll show my crazy kind of, you know. You know, you know, just, you know, just sort of really out their names. That's the trouble. Loads of good names have gone to, to start labels, just for bands. There's a band that I'm working with in Ireland. They've had the same name for years and it's a great name. But because we, we want to break them in the UK, we want them to have a new name. It's took them about three weeks to find a new name so um it, it's it's really difficult um so that that's what i'm going for at the moment uh, i don't really know what's happening I, I you know i had my heart set on doing this radio show on the bbc um but like anything else they they, they offered it to me but it, they didn't have space on the rotor to do it and then i never heard anymore and then i thought well that's fine. I'll reinvent myself as a music mogul and start a label and manage bands. You get lots of knocks and lots of promises and lots and lots and lots of letdowns in life. And it happens to us all in whatever yes. we do, personal life or, you know, uh, career, whatever. The thing is, people say to me, you can't do that. I love that. I abs- I think that's the best thing when people say, oh, you can't do that or they, you know, they want to have a laugh of it. I mean, who, if you said to me this time last year, right, the radio thing isn't going to kind of work, but you're going to start a management and you're going to start a label and you're going to sign a band and you're going to, you're going to sign two bands to creation. And um, you're going to have, it, uh, I'd be like, what the hell are you talking about? This just this, this made no sense. How can that happen? So I don't know. So I just, you know, I love music. It's about the music. Obviously, you know, it needs to be a business. Um, I don't want to rip bands off. And uh, I think there's too much of that going on at the moment. Um, But I just want to be involved with their journey. That's the thing, you know, you want recognition of of finding a band and breaking them. And, uh, you know, and being able to go on and and do do the next thing. So I don't know. I mean, you could speak to me this time next year and that probably didn't work but i'm i'm presenting um, a gardening <laughs> show um, in scotland that's amazing so. how how can how can fans keep in touch with you and and you know how, how well i'll give them a rest for a you? bit because they'll be fed up with me by now um i'm on instagram at brit pop store uh twitter but i don't think really people use it anymore do you know what this is a classic story as well bbc5 live that's quite a good Oh, yeah, that they is. They messaged me on Twitter, but not on Twitter. They they put it on my timeline. They said, would you come on and talk about Oasis's definitely maybe anniversary? I'm like, oh, so I missed that. Um, so I'm on Facebook as my full name, Robert Fiddeman. Um, Twitter is kind of not really happening, is it really? I find sort of Instagram's the way forward. 
loads of other things that I've forgotten to tell about the Q&As I've been doing with Alan McGee around the country that was quite fun uh, um, that I, I don't know but it's just um, I think if you really want to have a go at something you, you've just got to bluff your way through I've done no Absolutely. degree I've done nothing in mu- no degree in music as long as you're honest you're passionate and you don't promise people stuff that they can't do there's a guy at the moment that I, I was on, I was on the judging panel for, for a band competition earlier in the year at the Cavern Club and there's a guy there and I loved him. I thought he was great. And I said, I'd like to do help you, but I don't really know what I can do. I was just, conf- I wasn't confident enough. I know now, and he's had a lot of beat. And he was on Radio 1, he was played last night. So I'm speaking to him now because I know that I can, I can help him as a pathway for publishing or a record deal or just getting out and about. So I think you just have to be honest with people. Mm, and if absolutely. it's too much you're taking too much and you have to say so i mean i, I i've i'm getting three or four bands a day on average contacting me they're not all great but i'd like to give some of them advice but ha- i can't sit home all day giving people advice and you right, can't charge people for that or can you so I, I have to look at you know what you know there has to be some involvement you know the, the thing that really annoys me the most is there's somebody recently that wanted to meet somebody in the music business and I introduced them and then they got them involved on something and for the last two days it's all been on social media uh, how, you know how great he is and he, he's always on there like you know um, you have to believe in yourself and you know, you know I've got depression and you, you, you've got to do this I thought oh he's a nice guy give him all this help and now he you know he's had this wonderful journey on his own and now he's done all this and I'm thinking well, it was because I've put you in touch and there's no thanks at all for helping. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So that really annoys me. So I really want to help people that, you know, I truly believe in and are committed. And you have to be risk. I'm not just saying, well, I've helped you. You have to introduce me to that person because you know them. You know, it's just, uh, I think it's, it's being polite. That, that kind of, it's, it's a not a way yeah. to do business with people, yeah. you know, yeah. or to work with people. You can't just dump someone because they've helped you. And then you go, so that, that is a really annoying thing. And the other thing that really annoys me is when people message you and you message them and they never message you back. So I hate that. I really hate that. My mates know I hate that. Because it's like, why would they message you in the first place? (laughs) Oh, how's how's this going? And I'm like, yeah, it's going well. How are you? And then they didn't even read your message. It's like, what are they doing? So I'm on LinkedIn. I got that on LinkedIn, actually. Do you know, I shouldn't even be on LinkedIn, so I'm not really professional to be on there. I don't really know what I'm doing on there, but I just, I don't really have many people following me on LinkedIn. Although I've got the head of the BBC's following me. But I messaged wow. him, but I didn't really get anything back. But he's like, I don't understand LinkedIn, but so i got no idea because I'm not like a solicitor or anything. I don't actually know what I am. That's the problem. The BBC go, right, uh, uh, we're going to speak to Rob Fidham, and he's a music historian, author. Um, uh, right, OK, Rob, there you go. So I... That's why I can likely say I'm a, 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 a label owner. These people in London think I'm the next Tony Wilson. They think I'm that. Because um, <laughs> that's good. I, I, you know, I don't want to be boring. You know, I'm quite happy to be different. Oh, you're so, you, Rob, you are certainly not boring. And it has been really a, a privilege and an honour to, to speak with you. And thank you for taking time to talk to little old me um, when you're so busy. But, you know, I just I'm, I'm really glad that our paths have crossed. Well, I don't Actually, know if I, I've, I've really, uh, really helped in any inspirational ways. But I think the thing is, if if, if, you, if there's something you really want to do, just go for it with the music. Just get yourself out there, you know, just get yourself being filmed and 
get get your tracks out and and just you just got to keep going haven't you just and you have to try and be cheeky as well if there's if there's a band that you know locally that's doing well just ask them if you can support but try not to pay to do this a band i know is paying 250 pound to have a half an hour support slot in london at the o2 um which is not really good um but uh you know so yes if anyone thinks i'm completely crazy and they'd like to talk to me then you can find me on instagram i don't have a blue tick because i don't know what to do um i think you know what i I've don't called, either darling a lot i think because I, I think because i've called myself brit pop store i'm not a, i'm meant to be my own name so Right. Um, so I don't have a blue tick, but it is officially me. Probably I should just say that. Officially yes. me. <laughs> officially me. Oh, Ross, as, thank as, you so as, much. As, <laughs> as, as, as seen and heard on BBC and YouTube. I might and have my own. part of Indie Radio. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. yes. I need to try to find you on Instagram again. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll send you all the links. Well, Heart of Indie Radio listeners... We've been able to talk to Rob Fiddeman. He's fascinating, really entertaining, and what a what a yes. what a great oh, and a part DJ. of gold. And I DJ with vinyl. And you so DJ. If you got some decks, and I've got a, a big fan, you can fly me out to New Zealand. I was nearly born there, actually. My mum and dad nearly moved out in the eighties because they wanted my dad out there. He didn't go. He always regretted. He never went. So I could have been from New Zealand now. Wow, it's beautiful here. It so, really is. <laughs> yeah, the Mondays were out there, weren't they? Early in the year, they never played there before. They did Australia and then New Zealand. Happy Mondays. Oh, okay. Yeah, the big, big, big gig out there. Their show. Um, yeah. But yeah, lots of good people are coming out this way. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Uh, thank you, Rob. Have a beautiful evening, thank and you. thanks so much for taking you time too. to talk to us. Really appreciate it. Oh, supersonic. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> thank thanks. you, darling. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.